0: Good evening and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 74 of your fortnightly manga discussion podcast, being recorded on the 5th of April 2021 for release on the 13th of April 2021. We're trying to get ahead of ourselves again to have a nice little buffer. My name is Elliot Page, Buff Master, and joining me is the Buff Master Supreme, Mr Andy Hanley. How are you doing Andy?
1: well i feel that segues neatly into my kind of lamenting that i don't have any easter chocolate here so i guess i can just say it's because i need to remain buff that uh, I, I don't have any chocolate in the house
0: yeah that's a good point i right? have we haven't yet reviewed him um, how many kilos of the dumbbells you lift um which maybe i should sneak in here now um, yeah
1: i've i've been i i have like toyed with the idea of, of adding it myself so i suspect this is going to be some kind of like who blinks first is going to be the, the one to, to choose that one
0: now please ignore me while i furiously edit the google doc we run from um <laughs> but yeah um i must admit it's a complete tangent but all the easter eggs have already vanished here i was very sad i went on my little sort of bargain hunt trip around the local supermarkets and yet yeah, all the eggs are gone they all got shipped back i think even on like good friday they were tearing down all the frontages so no cheap easter egg for me
1: yeah, that that is, I, I saw a few people like uh, posting that on, on Twitter today where, yeah, because it, it used to be, you know, you, you'd have a good a good month or so of like having some kind of bargain basement. Oh, God, we bought too many Easter eggs, I'll, but may, maybe they finally, they finally figured it out, like the optimal number of Easter eggs required.
0: I think it's more the fact they just ship them all back before you get a chance to try and sneak them for cheap um i don't know where they go maybe they go into some kind of weird reprocessing plant if anyone <laughs> does know let us know um but either way I, I suppose it's probably good because it saved me from myself so can't really complain too much really can
1: i <laughs> no that that is uh that is true but uh, but hey ho so uh yeah like uh please 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 support our patreon to, because you feel sorry for us because we've not had any easter chocolate i guess is the message of this podcast
0: <laughs> we are so weak and undernourished and <laughs> we haven't had enough of Vitamin chocolate. Um but yeah, you can support us on Patreon, which greatly helps defer the cost of manga. Um if we had any money left over, it probably would go on Easter eggs, but uh, that isn't really happening. Um but no, if you support us, it gives us a warm fuzzy feeling inside. Um it's really lovely. Also it gives you benefits. Um in particular every patron gets access to our bonus episodes which happen every month and all the back catalogue which is now pretty hefty actually quite honestly we've been doing this for a wee bit um and if you support us on the three dollars and up tier you get to vote on what we cover in said bonus episodes um we've got another again i say this every time but i do mean it um we have a good bucket of stuff to choose from and frankly a single vote quite often sways it and quite a few of our most interesting picks have been one person bloody mindedly picking the same thing month on month which we set the we set the patreon up in that way so that if you just vote over and over again it's going to rise to the top eventually and we're going to have to cover it so there's no wasted votes no votes get memory hold i'm quite proud of that myself um making up voting systems is hard as it turns out um he says looking down the barrel of the scottish election um (laughs) But yeah, and also on the shout-outs tier, which is our highest tier, is Mr. Rob Jessup. So once again, thank you ever so much, Rob. So first part of the episode um or you know the podcast is our returning champions section where we cover series we've talked about previously on the podcast which is again i'm kind of repeating myself but also has become a long list um you can find this list on our website screentone.club which i need to update again um but is ready to go for your delectation um do you mind if i take a a quick one andy i've got a pair of very quick um hits uh before we move on to
1: yeah yeah go for it
0: so the first one i want to talk about is um with a dog and a cat, every day is fun. Um, volume 2 is out. I think Volume 3 is coming soon. I think it's available for pre-order. But yeah, this is good. Um, I'm still enjoying it. It goes on a little miniature arc spread out throughout the volume where they try and find the editor of the uh, manga author to says, hey, let's go find Inu's um, like, brother and we can meet their owner. And it turns into this rather sort of strange... Like very infrequent storyline where they try and find inu's brother um dog, and they just meet another lady who's also crazy about dogs, and they have a nice discussion that's kind of it honestly, and it's a nice little thing where it kind of brings in the general sort of mania of pet owners, and yeah, it has a lot more fun stories with the cat and the dog and yeah it's fun it's it's still rather spelt one hundred and thirty pages, so a bit expensive, but it's very dense because unsurprisingly it's got a lot of very quick short stories. Um, So yeah, I'm really enjoying this. It, It was really fun to read. It kind of gave me exactly what I wanted and enjoyed from the first volume. I also very quickly checked out the anime um, because apparently like a two-minute show is my attention span nowadays. And <laughs> yeah, it did well. Um, it, it even has the, like, e- the, cat, the picture of Neko um, appearing frighteningly at the end of jokes, which also still works. So yeah, it was, it's also really madcap. I enjoy the sort of speed and the verve of that show. I should probably watch more when I get a moment, he says, uh, knowing he is probably lying. But still, the manga was good, so I'm glad to revisit it. So another positive thumbs up on that one
1: yeah yeah because i've watched like the the anime adaptation all the way through so it's, it's kind of shocking to like hear the the idea of this series having a story arc because uh, unless i'm forgetting something like all of that gets skipped in like the anime adaptation because it's two minutes long like they can't really you know it's very much created for every episode to be a self-contained thing that is basically just like our oh, pets are cool and so like it doesn't really have time to to mess with anything more substantial than that so it's, it's kind of like it, it's blown my mind a little bit that like there's some, some some deep dog and cat lore that, uh, that I'm missing out on.
0: Yeah, it's quite verbose as well. So, you know, you'd have to go TQ speeds of speech to actually cram it into an episode um or even multiple. So it was just kind of a strange little thing where it's saying, Oh, it's got a storyline suddenly. But it's not like made up, it's like real life, because duh, that's what the story that's what the series is about. Like real life pet shenanigans. So yeah, it's it's nice and it's brought in other characters into the extended universe of these pets. So good fun. I'm I've greatly enjoyed it. Um and my other um returning champion which is also in the greatly enjoyed pile this should have been in last episode but i cut it for time and then i forgot the whole reason i wanted to include it because because it was a counterbalance so basically after reading that volume of seven deadly sins and being just intensely bored of the whole thing i went and bought and read um, a bride's story volume six which is the latest one i have yet to get to i know it's in like the 10 11 12 region now it's far off into the races but a bride's story just reminded me like as if i needed reminded reminding but it reminded me why i like manga and enjoy it so much because it was such a breath of fresh air like the artwork is gorgeous like karu mori is once again completely bananas bonkers off to the races in love with um her subjects like the people the horses the animals the countryside the weird like early like modern era politicking the expressions you know the slightly questionable relationships but whatever that was the done thing at the time and yeah it was it's beautiful it's really heartfelt it's really wonderful to see um you get more stories with um the main character's brother who turns up and i'm forgetting every name because it's elliot talking here but yeah i i greatly enjoyed coming back to this series and it just reminded again reminded me why i love marga so much and especially this series and karu mori in general of just oh this is really sumptuous like the art is beautiful the i'm enjoying reading this it's really dense and meaty and enjoyable and all these characters are fascinating to watch and yeah like i bet every single person and um assistant on this series now has terminal hand cramp because mm-hmm. of the detail of what they've drawn especially the horses like how do you i mean you know there was an entire shirobako storyline about how hard it is to draw friggin' horses so yeah i loved this i came back to it um it's it's kind of pulled itself together after a slightly scatterbrained middle period where it's like oh crap what do i do and now it's pulled things together in interesting interesting fashion so i'm kind of interested to go diving back into it and continue reading this but yeah it's a really beautiful work and glad to revisit
1: awesome yeah it's it's definitely one that i i feel like it, it's on my eternal kind of shame pile of like i would probably like to read more of it but just time never never permits and if, if nothing else it's it's definitely one of those series where I'd, I'd consider just you know picking up more of it just to luxuriate in the artwork if nothing else so uh so yeah that's cool
0: yeah, I think if there was ever a Karumori Mori art book... I mean, there was already that section of one-shots and such, but if there was a Karumori like, coffee table art book, I'd probably be front, first in line to buy it because, like, you know... Especially because, like, a, a very important part of the, like asia minor slash caucuses region um that she's depicting and i've probably just completely mangled the geography there please don't yell at me too hard uh but feel free to correct me um but a, a big part of that whole culture is fabrics and textiles and you know the patterns therein, in which are passed down and are like painstakingly woven and sewn over literal years and it, it's all there and it's really crazy because you look at it and go damn like you could quite easily get away with just slapping down a screen tone and saying you get the idea but no they they go the whole hog and even like something as simple as a small hat has crazy amounts of detail in it and it manages to pers- pers- persevere throughout the series so just even the art alone is kind of intense so yeah really enjoy this series kind of need to catch up but at the same time I'm not hurrying because I'll enjoy it at my own pace quite frankly um and I think it is benefit it benefits from that um so yeah that's what I've got to say on that and there's anything to say but um I'm interested to hear about your picks for Italian champions Andy because both of these are on my my own pile of shame of man I want to read these but I haven't gotten around to them yet
1: yeah yeah so uh, thanks to the joys of a four-day weekend I've, I've had a couple of new volumes to to crack on with for uh for series that we we've talked about on this series on this show before uh first of which is uh kaiju girl caramelise volume four um which uh is a series we've, we've i think we've talked about every volume um in some shape or form i believe we have yes <laughs> and uh you know it's it's always been uh been a good time and something we, we've had a, a fair amount of positive things to say about um and the good news is that volume four is, is exactly the same in, in that regard. Um, it is, uh, it is a lot of fun. Um, it, it does some great stuff with its characters. Its comic timing just seems to get more and more impeccable by the volume. Like, it's so good at kind of setting up a joke so often it kind of sets up its best kind of visual gags kind of like quote-unquote off screen and then kind of gives it a panel or two to to kind of uh to sort of uh you you know just just warm up and then it just drops it on you and uh and thus laughter ensues. um so it is comic game is is really kind of top notch in this volume it has some fantastic little moments like that um but it's also doing some some good stuff with its characters um, kind of mild volume three spoiler is that like by the start of this volume, like Arata, our, our, our kind of pretty boy love interest, it has basically become like something of a celebrity because he's ended up being kind of captured in in a clinch with a kaiju, um, and so of course like all the TV networks etc. want a piece of him, um, because you know he's kind of like perfect TV fodder.
0: Oh, uh, that makes sound so, like E. T. or something.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's a little bit a little bit like that, just with kind of you know less crazy stuff going on there. Um, but uh, yeah, like that that kind of becomes sort of the. I, I think that's going to be the thing around which kind of the, the next volume or two is seated, um, because it actually it does a really smart thing with that, which is is one of the things I was a bit kind of. Maybe not worried about, but it's like we've you know, we've had four volumes at this point of like Kuroi, the main character, you know, when she gets kind of stressed or nervous, like, you know, she to a varying degree like turns into a kaiju. And it's like, well is there much more that that the series can do with that? Because it's like, you know, she's kind of getting more comfortable around Arata and around other people, and she's kind of, you know, feeling a bit more comfortable in her own skin in general. Like, that that feels like it's maybe running out of roads. Uh, but one of the really smart things this volume does is it, it's, it's found another kind of spin on her emotional state that is kind of, hopefully, will have legs for a few more volumes to kind of, you know, approach her from a different angle which I, i'm i'm all for um so that seems like kind of a smart choice um interestingly kind of beyond sort of the main couple like the the character that, that gets the, the most play in this volume is actually Manatsu, who, who continues to be the mvp of the the series in terms of just she's pure the, entertainment um, value she's
0: the fangirl right yeah
1: yeah she is yeah the, she the, owns the, i love her yeah she, she is the like ridiculous haragon fangirl who just like you know basically has fallen entirely in love with this huge monster. Um, and the interesting thing is that this volume does, and I, I actually kind of wish it went a bit kind of deeper and a bit longer with that, is it actually kind of gives a bit of kind of backstory and a bit of meaning to why she feels that way. Like, why is she so obsessed with Haragon? And like, you know. What, why is that the thing that she's sort of glommed onto above anything else and it's it's quite a touching little moment and I, I just wish it it had maybe explored it a little bit more but it sort of gets cut short for for, for some other things going on including what looks like is going to be basically an, an origin story for for Kuroe um which again is one of those things where there's a tiny part of me that's a bit nervous about that because I'm not sure I need to know like where her kind of kaiju-ness comes from but given how well this series has handled everything else and i can kind of see the the possibilities for what it could do with it i'm kind of cool with seeing how it explores that space as well so um yeah overall like really good volume and you know very much entertaining but still doing good stuff with its characters that kind of makes me want to keep coming back to see to see how they develop as things go on as well
0: yeah cool that sounds Exactly like what I want to see, um, both the love interest being harassed and. Haru uh, you know, Kurae having to figure things out. Um, that really is cool because I mean even from volume one they've been sort of dropping that, you know, her mum knows something and there is something there to be unearthed or told, but not yet. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm really curious to jump into this. I've I've already got it purchased and downloaded, but not read, so that might be tonight's reading. Um one quick question, very important. Um, how is the Jumbo King quotient?
1: Um the Jum- jumbo king's appearances are more about quality rather than quantity i would say there's not a whole lot of jumbo king but but when he is there like he is he is there he is um, the jumbo king yeah like i mean one one of the in fact the the best joke out of the in perhaps the entire series comes courtesy of jumbo king so like he's he does he does his part
0: well of course he does he's jumbo king like <laughs> what do you expect i just love that name and that dog like, it's yeah so funny. It,
1: it, it, that was a weird thing where i'd I kind of like somewhat forgotten about it until he first appears and i, I should like pretty much just like sat up in my chair and cheered like yeah it's jumbo king <laughs> it's just like it's just it's hard not to
0: yeah i'm super excited to get back to that because yeah as you say like all the extended cast are cool
1: so yeah really looking forward to that
0: um yeah and now of course now we just have to wait for volume five so oh uh,
1: yeah yeah it's uh this is definitely one of those series where yeah i'm kind of like i, I part of me wishes I, I could just like hold on and binge a lot of it but i also just you know i, I just want to devour it as soon as it it appears so uh, such is such is life
0: yep such life, right? And what's the? And this other, this other one, you've. All, I'm also doubly behind on. So, so uh, yeah,
1: so uh, so the the other thing that has had a new volume released recently that I checked out is uh, volume four of BL Metamorphosis, uh, which again very much similar, particularly to to my discussion on on volume three. Um, in that, you know this is this is kind of uh, particularly after something like kaiju girl caramelise is kind of it it feels so weird to to read it because like you know that that series is one where everything is sort of out there and depicted in a very kind of direct way you know characters mental and emotional states are are all just like you know right out there on the page turning into a giant monster or whatever whereas Bell Metamorphosis is far, far more subtle to a kind of insane degree in comparison to that. Um, and, and I mean, parts of this volume, like, kind of feel like increasingly sort of ephemeral almost. It's just kind of, you know, it's just life going on like there's not necessarily any big kind of you know punctuation marks to it you're just kind of watching a couple of characters just you know doing doing what they have to do and just you know whether it's going and seeing some friends or studying or whatever it is um and so really you know this volume kind of starts to coalesce around sort of uh, a relatively sort of big idea, um, particularly around Erara's character who, like, she's basically decided, like, hey, I, I want to create a manga to, uh, to, um, sell at, like, off-brand Comic Air, um, which gloriously, like, Ichinoi, like, the elderly lady of the series, doesn't actually realize what she's doing and what the stakes are to like about halfway through the volume when she suddenly, she finally kind of realizes that maybe she should ask, Oh, like, by the way, what, what what are we going to be selling at this thing? (laughs) And it's just like, Oh, I'm making my own manga. And she's like, Oh, cool is is that hard <laughs> um and <laughs> let's uh, find out together yeah which is is kind of like it, it's it, it's it's a perfect kind of like depiction of, of their their relationship where like Ichino is pretty kind of switched on to things but like you know there's still this big sort of knowledge gap where sometimes she doesn't even think to ask the obvious question um but uh yeah it's it's a really enjoyable volume, like, especially as as it kind of goes on. Um And I, I think one of the real kind of powers of this series, and this volume in particular, is that because it kind of rarely verbalizes sort of characters' like internal thoughts or feelings, when it does, it really has an impact on you like it's because it's not like a constant sort of inner monologue of like ah this is how i feel now and this is how i feel now which you know can be fine but this is very much two characters who just quietly get on with life and like it takes a lot for that to kind of spill out into their sort of externality to any great extent so like there's a really sort of powerful moment in in this volume where like Aurora Aurora's kind of got she's got a bunch of stuff to worry about like you know she's decided that you know she wants to kind of um grasp the the nettle and, and create this manga like her parents are kind of like you know not being pushy so much but being like hey like you need to study like this is a really important time for studying and she kind of has a bunch of other stuff going on that, that basically just make really kind of wraps up her inferiority complex around a whole bunch of things and there's this point where she basically just flops down on her bed and she's just like I'm tired and like you know in in that way that I think everybody can relate to where it's not like you're physically tired it's just like Everything going on in my life just now is just exhausting and I really wish that I could just like press the stop button on this and just do literally anything else and there's like moments like that that are really good that they just suddenly kind of cut through the sort of the everyday churn of just kind of getting through every day as it comes and just being this this kind of like full stop of just like ah this kind of sucks right now I'm really not here for this. Yeah, I, I,
0: especially, um, like, Given we are on a four day weekend, this is a four day weekend where I desperately needed it to, like, even if the problems are still going to be there when I go back, I got to press the stop button. And it was a massive, it's been a massive relief. So I, I know that feeling well. And as you say, like, not sorry, Andy, I don't mean to cut you off too much, but like, um, the, you know, as you say, like, there are people, it's not like everyone's arrow Raggy here from Monogatari. Like, you're not getting the stream of consciousness. It is a case where people are getting on with their lives. And then when they do speak up, it's like, Hey, this is, this is something I want to say and I would like you to listen. And it's like, Oh, oh okay shit they're talking like this is important so i feel like the series has put a lot of weight and it's not just like i'm gonna say some proper nouns at you it's just here is how i'm feeling at the moment and i'm not quite sure about it and maybe we can work it out together or just let this out here but here is here is where we are in our life uh, or in my life and what's yeah what what is all this and so yeah i feel as you say like every word in that is worth ten thousand um, anywhere else uh, at least yeah. in my mind
1: yeah, it's sort of the the comparison point to me is is like you know another series that that I, I like for the exact opposite reason like something like if I could reach you that has a lot of kind of really powerful inner monologues, but it does it a lot. Like you're always aware of like the main character's internality and you know what they're thinking and feeling at any given moment in time. Whereas here you're you're very much an observer of it, and you know you you kind of like get a general feel for it, but then it's just this sort of these moments that are, are, are not you know massively they're not sudden kind of monologues it's literally just kind of a, a few kind of sentences effectively of like you know inner thought or whatever that just like really kind of hit home of just like okay this this really kind of sums up this person's mindset at this point in time and i, I think that there's really something quite quite powerful around that um so yeah like that's all, all really good like uh, I mean for, for all of that there's there's a very clear kind of setup in this volume to what should be kind of like a high point for these characters and the series hopefully in the next volume like it's very much foreshadowed like the, the coming together and the confluence of certain elements that should be a big like it almost feels like a series ending like oh a- a- everybody was affected by this in a really positive way so yay like life is better um so I'm kind of like uh, I- I'm kind of looking forward to that in the next volume, hopefully, quite honestly, because like it sort of feels like the, the characters deserve it. Um, and the, the nice thing is, as we get towards sort of like the, the end of this fourth volume and sort of the, the off-brand comic actually starts happening is we start getting a bit more, and, and this volume as a whole, actually, we get a bit more time of Aurora and Ichinoi actually spending time together. Cause that was the weird thing about volume three is it was basically a volume of like, ah, we're too busy to hang out. Um, whereas this is, uh, it, it has it has some back and forth on it but it ends up with the two of them spending quite a bit of time together which is uh, it's, it's quite nice to see because that relationship works really well um And it also also has like perhaps the best like gift giving scene I've I've seen in a manga because like normally that stuff is is the the typical kind of like Hollywood movie like everybody's super excited and happy etc etc. Whereas this to me was a, a way more like realistic version of when you get a gift from somebody where the person that receives the gift is embarrassed, the person that's give, given it to you is embarrassed, and the person that's like the go between that has facilitated this is also kind of embarrassed. And is just like trying to, to 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 talk around so that nobody is embarrassed anymore. And it just felt like the most realistic gift giving scene ev- ever, where everyone was like, "Sorry, is is this all right? Like, is, is this is this the thing you wanted? I don't know." And they're like, "Yes, but I don't. I this is too much. I, I don't want this because this is too much. But also, this is great. But I don't want to like go over the top because you clearly feel like maybe you've overstepped the mark. And it's just this fantastic kind of." It is. It is the most British scene, like I think I've read in a manga, and I guess it clearly like translates into to Jap- Japanese as well.
0: Yeah, I'm getting like kind of a breakout of a cold sweat here because I have a friend like that who. <laughs> Even if you'd like give them a Mars bar, they will immediately apologize and try and give it back. And, and it's a nightmare. I love them dearly. They're a great friend, but they are the person I had to basically just like hide presents. Um, like I just, at one time, I just put a present in their backpack because I was like, I can't give this to you in person because you will immediately try and push it back in my hands. So people are daft as it turns out um but yeah it's that sounds adorable but also as you say the most awkward thing in the world like it sounds it sounds like almost like peep show the manga except not quite as cringy um so yeah i don't know that sounds great and as you say like i think i can't remember but it was announced that this series would be ending soon in japan so i feel like coming towards an end point sounds like the natural progression of it um so i'm interested to see that happen and kind of like I would say blow out, but that's kind of a bit too emphatic. I mean, have have its re- have its revelation or realization. I suppose is what I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like increasingly this series has, has become kind of about. Aurora's story as far as that goes and about her kind of like figuring figuring out kind of what she wants to do and why she wants to do it etc etc and there's definitely like this if this volume kind of marks a bit of a, a low point for her in terms of like what the heck am i doing like it feels like it's building towards more of a crescendo where everything's gonna maybe not become entirely clear but will at least kind of give her a, a direction which uh, which will be hopefully nice to see but but uh yeah I'm, I'm interested to see you know what the next uh next volume will so brings, and uh yeah, it continues to be a really good series, but in a in a really in a very different way to I feel like most of the things that we kind of like talk about glowingly on this uh this show because it's it's so kind of quietly confident in everything that it does and yeah. it's very it's very subtle and it's very restrained and reserved. And so it's like it's it's kind of a difficult one to recommend in terms of like, oh, this is the volume where all the good stuff happens because it's always just this very quiet and very everyday kind of progress. Um which, you know, is just really nice to read as, as kind of a change of pace as much as anything else.
0: Yeah, I feel like, for me at least, I feel it's extremely self assured, which It's difficult to pull off, and especially difficult to try and convey on the page. But it just feels like it—it knows what it wants to show you, and it knows how to show you that, and it is going to do that, and it's going through the paces. And that's a bad phrase because it makes it sound pedestrian. But it's—it's very self—it's very self-assured and just able to. It is fully able to convey what it wants to to you, which is powerful because it. It can do that. Like it, I mean, you know, even the best series at times have stumbles or moments of going, Oh, what do I do? But I feel like this series in particular knows, like, even in the parts that feel like low spots, it's doing that with a grand purpose. Or maybe it's just really, really good at putting up a front to that, at which point that's even more impressive. So whatever. I just really, I mean, it reminds me. In a really sort of sideways fashion, I'd be interested to see if you agree with this, but it reminds me vaguely of, um, uh, Our Dreams at Dusk, which had its sort of weird moments and sort of just wobbly bits, but it felt very strong in like, no, this is what I want to do, and this is what we're going to do in this series, even if it makes you want to pull your skin off, because it makes you want to cringe, but, or just weep, but we, this is what this series is about. Um, that's kind of the sideways step that I can see in this series. Um, yeah
1: there's there's definitely aspects of that i mean yeah like our our dreams at dusk kind of goes into some far more dramatic and kind of occasionally supernatural directions but yeah like there's definitely a core uh, i i think there's a core in its characterization in particular that's just like you know these are these are normal people like you know they're not your typical kind of manga characters who only exist to be a love interest or to be in love with somebody or to be kind of fighting for this particular thing or obsessed with this particular aspect of their of their life and i think it's always it's always kind of edifying to see characters like that because you know in in real life there are very few people who are just completely all consumed by one thing like you know you, if there's always other stuff going on you've still got to do do the washing up etc cetera, etc cetera. you know it's not all just about this one thing all the time and i, I think both of those series kind of Bring that across quite well,
0: and it never ends. Like you do the washing up, and then you turn around, and there's more, and it's like, what the hell?
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Why is there not a manga about washing up? Come on,
0: don't, don't, God. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, someone, someone um, partner with me so we can draw a manga about that time I worked in a supermarket cafe. Um, <laughs> god that'd be a weird one shot anyway no um no that sounds great i'm again very excited to read this um i'm already behind so i also side note i forgot i'd already bought volume three so i bought it again this week and was like ah bugger so i've bought it twice (laughs) um digital manga be careful kids um check your inbox and your receipts before you buy a manga again so whoops But hey, um, so yeah, um, uh, should we move on to the main part, Andy?
1: Yes, I think we should.
0: I'm going to have a swig of this alcoholic drink.
1: Weird.
0: So, do you mind if I take first um, stab?
1: No, please do. I'm... I'm very interested to to hear your thoughts about this one so uh, let's let's go for it
0: yeah same for you i think i already tipped my hat in the next episode preview because i mentioned that i do like this series and so um i'm kind of more interested i've already laid out my stall and now i'm interested to see what you think um but my pick was sachi's monstrous appetite volume one so, yeah, this series is by, um, Chomoran, um, published by Kudansha. It's currently complete in Japan, um, at six volumes long. In English, it's got one volume out. And I think volume two comes out next month. Yep, checking the calendar. You can buy it physically or digitally. There's not an anime at this point. Um, who knows if there will be. Um, it probably lend itself to one, um, for reasons. But Sachi's Monstrous Appetite is about our main character, uh, kun Um, who is a cutie patootie? He's a cute little boy with, um, very, um, like, like card fight vanguide hair. He reminds me of like a card game selling manga, almost Yu Gi Oh! level. And he has very powerful eyebrows which appear in front of the hair, so you know he's good. Um, but he's a little, he's a little shrimp. He's a little kid. He's in middle school. And he has a crush on Sachi, the main character, the other main character who is, um, in high school. He's a, you know, calls her Senpai. Um, she is a rather tall girl with, um, you know, she's got a pair of boobs. So, um, he's directly at like boob height because he's a little kid. And, you know, he is, he's got a crush on her and he tries to kind of convey that in the one way that he knows how, which is to, you know, bake her cookies, make a bento for her. He has this like long running personal sort of hang up around bentos and lunch and, you know, the the healing power of sharing a meal and like cooking for someone. It's kind of a big sort of um character trait of his. And so, you know, he find you know as it goes on, you as the reader start to realise that Sachi says some weird things like, "Oh, you know, I knew where you were for nasuki because I could smell you." And it's like, "Wait, what? What does that mean? Hang on." Um, and it turns out that to cut to the chase, um, to the end of chapter one is that Sachi is actually well, she's a monster, kind of. She's a thing called a wattery, which is kind of like. <laughs> it's gonna sound really weird but reminded me vaguely of Madoka Magica with witches where Watery are kind of like almost like yokai style beasties they're little strange out-of-worldy beasties which can generate nests which exist as like a second a separate layer of reality superimposed or like subsumed over over normal reality and Um, Funosugi-kun has always been able to sort of detect these little monsters, um, including one that stole his lunch when he was younger. What the hell? Um, And so it turns out that Sachi is actually one of these, but she's like a good one, or she's been kind of um, deputized by this... Very sort of glasses wearing, um, moped riding, um, very sort of um, Mrs. Smith style, um, like a government agent, you think. Like reminds me vaguely of um, Hawaiian shirt dude from Monocattery, whose name I've forgotten. Um, Help. Uh,
1: um yeah mine uh, suddenly blanked at uh, at, at that as well
0: (laughs) yeah kind of yeah kind of like that dude um and also has like a small like uh, robo maid helper i don't know if she's actually a robot she reminds me of a robot but she has a very important thing which is that she has like a frill on her head which changes the writing on it depending on her mood which i always love that gag like when you've got a character whose hat's text changes every time they're thinking something but anyway it turns out um sachi is actually a giant monster who looks like a big sort of very cuddly seal and you know it's her because it keeps her hair like little um her little ribbon and you know she still likes um funasugikun he still likes her, even though she is in fact a monster um and yeah they kind of it turns out that um as i mentioned funasugikun gets um deputized helping her with hunting hunting down dangerous watari who may or may not want to eat people or generally expand their nests or generally sort of just upset the balance of everything and this kind of gets into the whole like um main crux of it which is that uh, Fudnosuki can smells absolutely delicious which is why Sachi can detect where he is and also why Watteri go after him and why he can kind of see them is that he's just turning it, he's just pumping out pheromones to encourage these monsters to get at him and you know for me most of the charm is that the relationship is very cute um there's something weirdly kind of interesting it's like a reverse monster girl series where you know the girl is the monster a real monster not just a half demi-human um and you know the the boy is the one on the back foot and you know there's something kind of I'm at the risk of being labeled a pervert here, but there's something kind of hot about like, you know, a taller, older girl who may or may not eat you or something. Like, there's something weird about, weird, weird about that that kind of makes it more interesting rather than just like dude lucky Suke baying his way onto, falling onto boobs constantly um so yeah and it kind of goes from there there's clearly some trauma in the main characters past were to do with lunch and such which you get flashbacks to and he's living alone which seems pretty suspicious because he's in a giant house um and where's his mum that you see in all the flashbacks? who knows and yeah, this it kind of goes, this first volume ends on a bit of a cliffhanger where the unthinkable almost happens and you see more of Sachi kind of opening up. And, you know, she's not just like a straightforward, you know, just monster monster. She is a fully realized person herself. And yeah, I kind of enjoy it for that reason, because it is this cute little rom-com in this really weird or couple sense. Um, with like an element of danger to it and also some fun action scenes which kind of verge on the goofy frankly because Sachi's kind of an unstoppable beast Um, but you know at times you know fighting enemies just gets a bit hard and a bit boring so you want to find a way out so yeah, it's, as I say, I really enjoy it for that sort of character dynamic. Um, and also the art is gorgeous, um, because it does really, a lot of really good, fascinating panels where Sachi is like in between transformation, which normally a series would kind of elide or kind of skip away from because it's hard to do that kind of in-between drawing and it really kind of sells you on the fact that oh no no this is the same person it is just all the same character just said transitioning between two very different states and it really works it's a really fascinating two-page spreads in this which i really enjoy and the yeah it has this great sort of breadth of imagination especially when it comes to the like the watery nests um but that's kind of my thesis laying out my thoughts on it but i wonder andy if you kind of share some of the same ideas behind it or not <laughs>
1: And yeah, I mean it, this. This I, I feel like is, is one of these these kind of volumes where I was sort of at no point did I I dislike it, but I was kind of trying to to get a grasp of of how I felt about it. And then I feel like the cliffhanger at the end of volume one was the point that kind of like uh, clipped me around right the back of the head and said, "Actually, I think you kind of like this," because that was like a big like oh no moment where I actually like had a very kind of like a very sort of um you know major reaction to what was going on in a way that kind of clued me as like oh actually you know I'm, I'm kind of like interested in these characters and their relationship and kind of like what's the broader sense of what's going on in a way that i wasn't i wasn't entirely sure whether i was kind of in or out at that point but that was the point that that kind of uh, tended to suggest that i was in um and i, I think part of it is like the, the first chapter of this like, you know, we we talk quite a lot about sort of opening pages and opening chapters and, you know, th- th- when it gets it right, it can be a really kind of dazzling starting point of like, OK, I'm on board with this, like, you know, from from panel one. Um, and this for me was one of those chapter ones where it felt kind of messy and unfocused and distracted in a way that I kind of I was struggling to really sort of glom onto any of the characters or any of the stuff that it was kind of hinting at. Um, like, I, I feel like the whole sort of uh, bento story slash metaphor thing kind of gets overdone a bit throughout the volume, but chapter one in particular, when you don't have a lot of the, the other kind of grounding for it, just felt like it was that there was too much of it that wasn't really doing enough heavy lifting in terms of you know come on come and hook me in like give me something to get my teeth into with every pun intended here um but as it goes on like it gets a lot better at at kind of making that interesting like you know once you start getting the initial reveals as to like what actually really is and you kind of like get to see her and then finatsuki spending a bit more time together and kind of like getting closer to each other kind of like my relationship to the manga sort of mirrored their relationship in the manga of just like, you know, I, I kind of found myself getting more interested in them as they were kind of getting more interested in one another. Um and so kind of by the end of it I was I was far more interested than, than I was from that first chapter. Um I'm definitely with you on like the art style. Like it, it has so many really good visual flourishes, kind of like that that it uses in so many different ways. You've kind of got your just like really good really good artwork in general but some really great like standout panels that just look fantastic but it's also really good at doing comedy and it's also really good at just kind of like doing sort of you know showing the kind of like inner thoughts of the characters as well and like it's kind of like a pretty good multi-purpose kind of art style in in that sense that uh that i i really enjoyed i i will ask like ha- having mentioned it being kind of sexy i i do have to ask like does this author have a background in jujinshi
0: um i don't know let me have a look Um, because it
1: kind of the the reason that i ask is that like i i feel like kind of bouncing off of, of, of what you mentioned about that this does feel like a series at times that has deleted scenes like it feels it feels like at times it's really straining for some sexy time and then it kind of like has to knock it off and sort of like fades to black and then comes back and just like well no nothing happened what are you talking about like there were there were several moments where it felt like it was building to some kind of like you know full-on djinshi kind of uh a, a clinch and then it and then clearly it doesn't because it remembers what it is so it just it it very much felt like it had that cadence and i could be completely wrong but that was kind of my my feeling that this is maybe somebody that had come from that background
0: yeah having a look um they've done work in a number of um, anthologies so they've kind of been around um other, the sort of doujinshi circuit um they were in a yuri um anthology along with the creator of um if I could reach you also they used to do to- toho dojin so they can't be bad frankly
1: uh, okay yeah that's that's yeah there, there's definitely uh, uh not that, that toho a-
0: dungeon d- dojin i hasten to add
1: okay, yeah, somehow the fact that, yeah, this is somehow related to toho just perfectly makes sense. I can't even quite elucidate on why, but it's like yeah, the silly hairpiece yeah,
0: probably does it, like you know <laughs> could,
1: yeah could could be yeah like and 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 ah,
0: yes, they have done hentai
1: okay yeah like it, it just feels like there are moments where it, it kind of it wishes it could do that and uh, i feel like there are some chapters on some in some dark cupboard somewhere in the author's room where it's like no i'm not allowed to show anybody these um which you know is fine it's not it's not like a, a negative it, it was just one of those things where it kind of felt like it was straining at the leash occasionally to to get a bit more horny than it does
0: yeah i maybe i'm more immune to that but i could i think it kind of restrained itself like with i think i feel like one of the things that it does that helps it is that it kind of gets that stuff out of the way by having a release valve almost. Like it has the whole like bathing together scene, the sleeping together and waking up with someone cuddling you scene. And it just kind of goes, Okay, yeah, here's this thing, and we're gonna have the main character, thankfully, be a bit more sensible and wriggle his way out of it. Um so I feel like as you say, like there are probably scenes deleted, but the you know the series kind of remains just about chaste enough to not be weird or too gross. But also, yeah, the fact that like you just get this weird sort of magnetism where like you know there is there's always been there's this sort of you know direct line between hunger and lust that kind of exists that you know you see Sachi kind of like, like absent-mindedly sniffing the main character and it's like hang on what is this sweat and soap like hang on maybe it's that series actually I'm gonna blame sweat and soap that's, the, that's why we're thinking like this our brains <laughs> yeah. have been warped by that series
1: could, could be quite, quite possibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly like, it, it's not to the detriment of, of the series at all. And, and uh, the, the other thing that I'll absolutely echo is with you mentioned, like an anime adaptation, like I would definitely love to see. The right kind of studio, like doing an anime adaptation of this, because it definitely like ticks a lot of the boxes of that sort of like proto-futurily kind of like things are really bizarre and off off the chain, and you know lots of really kind of kinetic animation. I can imagine this being really cool to watch if it was in the right hands, um, and and I feel like that that would almost maybe weirdly be my kind of preferable way of do it, of of watching this because I feel like it could maybe just tighten up the pacing a little bit and. Just just kind of you know make it make it that bit more compelling um and certainly like with, with that cliffhanger that this volume has like you have a a perfect like episode one or two kind of end of episode drop that would just like get everybody hooked on it so uh so yeah i'd be all for like seeing it animated that's absolutely for sure
0: yeah i must agree i have to agree i maybe the rest of it kind of like my overall feelings of it kind of bowled me over but yeah the first chapter is a bit sort of messy where it's trying to set multiple things up and it's trying to background a bunch of stuff but at the same time just kind of loses itself in between um like it also it reminds me vaguely of Mieruku chan where it has the whole like oh i can see this monster but no one else can except you know gender swapped and also slightly you know shoes on the other foot so that was kind of weird um but yeah i yeah i have to agree with you that it does feel a bit clumsy at times um like almost like it's tripping over itself to try and like get the story going um but yeah big fan of um of the series as it is mostly because it is just something more interesting and like it's gonna sound weird and a bit mean almost but the fact it's only like quote-unquote only six volumes has me interested in like oh there's a very tight storyline to this clearly like it's gonna have like it has to tell a story in six volumes and get out again so i'm more interested in seeing that rather than the 20 volume plus like almost like jujutsu kaisen level of oh god more characters oh god more stuff oh god odd so I'd rather, yeah. I would I, I rather prefer the like cut down rather sort of limited version
1: yeah yeah absolutely I, I think you know given it sort of especially like assuming it keeps excuse me assuming it keeps its focus on the main two characters as well like you know that that feels like a a far kind of tighter story to to tell so yeah i'm I'm kind of like curious to see where it goes in in subsequent volumes because like i say it's it's found the thing that's hooked me in right at the end of volume one um and like if it continues to sort of explore that path in some interesting ways then i can i can see myself being sort of on board to uh to check out some more of it
0: cool yeah i'm i'm already well in a tank for volume two plus um but yeah as you say, i really enjoy the art and yeah it really has a lot of flair to it especially with the you know just the the imagination and also just the character's expressions like you know peewee um little pipsqueak Funasugi kun like kind of doesn't really stop being cute at any point and there's a really great panel where he's like lamenting and yelling going oh no like my uh, locker you were taken from us too soon and it's a really good sort of dumb um moment in that series which i greatly enjoy like don't take yourself too seriously Have stupid moments it's good
1: yeah yeah well and again like given its main two characters are both kind of like goofballs at times it 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 totally fits in character as well like it's not one of those just like oh we just randomly threw some jokes in because we thought we should like it kind of it fits with the the tone and and the mood between those two characters as well in in a way that's quite quite endearing
0: yeah there's quite a lot of panels of the pair of them like waving their arms around embarrassingly going oh type thing you know you know like you know like in every good rom i suppose <laughs> oh. but yeah i um, great big fan of this so um interested to see more of it um but yeah i'm, I'm kind of glad that you liked it and um didn't just go "Ugh, what have you made me read elliot you're a weirdo um, yeah
1: i mean i've, I've got to admit like when i kind of looked at the front cover like you know it's uh, this this was sort of a bit of a a, a, a bit of a, a kind of an example of that don't judge a book by its cover cliche because i kind of i did look at the front it's like I, what, what am i going to be reading i i have i have a bad feeling about this but it, it was it was not uh it, it was unjust so uh so it's all good
0: yeah the first vol the, the volume cover due to the sheer amount of blushing involved is a bit more eyebrow wriggling than um the rest of the actual contents uh, but yeah a lot of a lot of good blushing in this series which is um, a big plus for me because i'm a big dork <laughs> um but yeah big fan of this series um and it's also nice to have like like a monster girl romance that isn't just straight up like demi-human type thing with a harem or like just constantly perving so that's nice (laughs) i don't know i'm I'm, i feel like i've been detected and someone's like ah we'll write a marga for elliot cool
1: yeah well it's it's either that or like i I was maybe expecting like a long slow burn of like sechi like trying to keep her kind of secret under wraps whereas again that that all gets unleashed pretty quickly um which makes things far more interesting so it doesn't just go into that kind of typical trapping of like oh no i i can't let them see what i'm really like again like uh, i mean is is this something that kaiju girl Karam least like pulls off really well because that's the entire point of it but you know sometimes it's nice to have a series where it's just like everything's out on the table um you know pretty much from the get-go
0: Yeah, it's kind of nice to have the series basically go, let's just get on with it. It's like, hey, let's move in together. Let's do this. We're now working together. Like, my my manager is weirdly sort of, like, clearly lumped us together anyway and also like um chapter two ends with like gigantic foreshadowing from said manager including the final line oh well it's not like this is a rom-com and it's like oh god damn it like don't stare directly at me through the panel saying that come on <laughs> it, i feel like i feel like at that point the series basically hangs its hat and goes okay here's what we're doing i'm not going to be too serious about it enjoy Um yeah
1: yeah, yeah. That, that's that's almost up there with the point of just, like, actually dropping the, the series title into, into a conversation somewhere. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs>
0: You could almost say, I have a monstrous appetite. Dun, <laughs> yeah. dun, dun. Uh, like, wink, oh.
1: wink to camera.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, don't. Dear, dear me. I love it, but I hate it, but I love it. How's that? Cool. But, yeah, that's Sachi's monstrous appetite. Big fan. Um, I will happily um, boost anyone who did, like, Toho Dojin at some point in their life because friend <laughs> but anyway that's that's uh, my sort of um series for this episode so andy how about you
1: yeah, so talking about anime adaptations, uh, this is a series that uh, the anime adaptation is about to start any day now. It's probably started by the time you actually listen to this podcast because I have picked volume one of Takeo Revengers, which is uh, published by Kodansha. It's already a whopping 21 volumes and is not done yet. Which I was is...
0: legit bowled over when I saw that. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, God! <laughs>
1: yeah like i mean i i have like thoughts about this series that kind of like involves you know it's possibility space but still like 21 volumes is is that's a lot of manga <laughs> um so uh, yeah it's uh author is, is ken wakui and uh, it is the story of uh a lad named takamichi hanagaki Who, as we join him, he is basically a loser in life. Like, he's just kind of bouncing from low paid job to low paid job. He sucks at every job that he tries. Um, Like, he's just constantly having to apologize for his goofs because he just is seemingly like incapable of doing anything much. Like, he's pretty much. he's pretty much an idiot um and he's kind of just constantly hearkening back to the the quote unquote good old days when he was a a middle school delinquent and like you know he he had he had a girl who was into him and he had some good friends and as as he initially posits it there's a little bit of unreliable narrator as it turns out because he makes it sound like you know he was he, he was quite a big deal as a kind of like middle school delinquent um but something befalls him he he's either pushed or falls in front of a train um it's like by later in the volume it kind of becomes clear which one of those two it is for reasons um and he kind of assumes that he's having just a, a, his his life is flashing before his eyes uh because he kind of finds himself like rewound 12 years into the past uh, back to those halcyon days of being a delinquent uh where it turns out he was still an idiot and he was still a loser um because like, he almost instantly ends up kind of basically becoming a slave to this uh, this kind of upcoming delinquent group, the, the Tokyo Manji Gang, who, uh, as it turns out right at the start of this volume, ultimately grows into this massive kind of sprawling gang that is actually responsible for the, the murder and death of the the girl that he loved in middle school um and so thanks to a, a bunch of kind of machinations and, and twists and turns which borrows very heavily from the idea of the goal he let through time they literally call them time leaps yeah also um,
0: also vaguely remind me of erased to a certain degree
1: yes there's definitely like a, a bit of erased to this as well because yeah it turns out that like rather than just a, a flashback before he dies basically he has the ability to move back and forth through time um he can go back 12 years to the exact day where he makes that leap um and which they figure out to-
0: extremely quickly uh, yeah which with, i appreciate with- in terms of getting on with it but also at the same time at the same time it's like damn like you weren't al- like mild spoiler but secondary character you weren't even alive five pages ago and now you know exactly what's happening damn you're yeah. smart
1: yeah there's a lot of just kind of like just work with me on this in terms of some of the finer points of the plot because yeah like it it reveals a lot about the time leaping and and how it works and what the trigger of it is in in a way that is is effectively based on the evidence of like one occurrence which is you know i'm no scientist but like that that's like correlation does not equal causation yeah
0: i am i am a failed scientist and i can say that a case study is not is not evidence like it's it's a case study. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It and it's, yeah, and it, it, it's kind of weird how like it's just played off as a very matter of fact. Like, nope, this is definitely how this works. And it's like, yeah, l- like you, I kind of appreciate it on one level of like, okay, well, let's just go. Like, you know, we, we don't have to worry about the finer points of this. On the other hand, like, I do feel like it would be... More interesting to have a sense of mystery and like, oh, like how, you know, I've leapt back in time again. Like, how do I get back this time? Like, what, you know, what, what are the steps that I can retrace? Which maybe it can't do because, as mentioned, Takamichi is a complete moron. Um, also he's a moron
0: who doesn't ever actually seem to improve but anyway sorry i I, i'll get to that later
1: (laughs) yeah so so yeah so so basically kind of the the broader plot once it it figures out all this time leaping stuff is that it's takamichi's job to really to go back in time and effectively as it stands in this first volume to to prevent two of the kind of founders of this gang from from meeting um because ultimately like that is what will lead to the the death of hinata who is the the girl that that he he has the hots for um, and yeah, as you mentioned, kind of, it's, I, I. I am really kind of struggling to to figure out where exactly I come down on this series because, as I mentioned right up top, like the thing that I like about this first volume is that it opens up this vast possibility space. Like it's it's the thing that I like about kind of like time travel series like this and things like Erased, where you know you you have a lot to play with in terms of you know jumping back and forth through time, you know finding out information from the the quote unquote future that is your present to like figure out how to manipulate the past like you know the the whole kind of butterfly effect thing of like well what effect is those cha- are those changes gonna have like there's a lot that it can work with and there's a lot that it can do and I'm al- always a sucker for that kind of fiction that that l- lets you play with that stuff the part that I'm not so sure about is because I mean, Ta- Takamichi has kind of like one good moment in this volume where he's just like, well, I, I guess I've got to man up and try and do something to, like, break the status quo here. And, like, I, I hope that's kind of like a sign of, of what you see more of in this series moving forward because, like, a lot of the time he is just kind of making goofy faces and getting the crap beaten out of him and generally kind of not really knowing where to go. Um, Whereas, you know... Uh, Basically, every other character is way smarter than him. And I I just... I'm struggling to kind of see the progression of that in in terms of like how that works narratively because normally this kind of series you you either have kind of like somebody who's smart that's doing like the time travel who can like you know piece things together again very much the erased kind of model of somebody who's you know a, of a reasonable intelligence who can like you know use it to their advantage or at least try to and you know sometimes they'll screw it up of course um or, or you know you can have the sort of uh, you can have the the more the, the kind of the mamoru hosoda girl he let through time uh, of kind of like you know main character is kind of an idiot and is abusing this power and you know then something has to come and kind of snap them out of there. and i, I just I'm very curious about this series and I, I'm definitely kind of on board for the idea of watching the anime adaptation because, you know, I feel like that that's going to be a concise way of seeing what this series is about, but like, knowing that this is 21 volumes this first volume just hasn't really done enough to kind of like sell me on like oh okay like i'm i'm on the hook for like what happens and how you know how how does the present get changed by you know jumping back 12 years in the past like it's not quite done enough to to sell me in on what it's going to do with that premise
0: yeah i'm right there with you i mean i feel like all of that, for me, um, I definitely agree with you, definitely, um, but the th- the thing with the premise as well is that we're having to view it through um, the main character, um, whose name I have forgotten, Hanagaki. So Hanagaki, I absolutely detest and drives me nuts because not only is a I I think he is a crap person and a bad character, but also I think he's just written weirdly, like Uh, it's rather strange where every single character that we come into contact with in this series or every single like positive you know good side character who isn't a psychopathic murderous delinquent um i literally stared at them and thought i wish this was the main character like i wish this was the point of view i wish we could inhabit this character because hanagaki fucking sucks like he sucks shit he doesn't the problem is also he he unlearns things constantly he is like he constantly forgets his own motivation and his ride his overriding purpose for finding a second existence in his own goddamn shitty life like he is basically like kaiji in a, in direct is a directly like kaiji um from that series where he never fucking learns but at least kaiji has some positive side effects and also like brings people up around him whereas this character like hanagaki just fucking sucks and he never learns or really takes on board or internalizes his own development like he has development he goes no i got a nut up i got to tough this out i've got to affect this this is a one-way trip because it's only i can only go back in time 12 years exactly i know i i know we think we know the switch methodology but you know i don't quite know but also at the same time he seems to constantly forget information he should have already learned like you know when he first goes back to his like present day self he learns about the tokyo manji gang and then when he goes back he's forgotten half the information about it and it's like you're supposed to remember this stuff the whole point of this is that you have the sports almanac like you're supposed to know this shit and you already lived this life like you already grew up and had your entire childhood ruined by your previous existence and now you are literally just walking face first into the exact same shit because you're still a moron and a fuck up even though you have the mentality of your 20 something 26 year old self and you know 26 year olds are still fucking dumb but it drives me nuts because it's just like he keeps going oh yeah i remember now i was a slave to these guys and it ruined my life it's like you think you'd remember that? And then he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember now. We had to take part in, like, a fight club pit. And I'm like, again, you think you would fucking remember that? That your entire childhood was spent, like, beating each other black and blue for weird, like, fucking gladiator-style, you know, colosseum battles on the steps? And then you know he meets the psychopath uh main gang member he 's trying to find, and then you know and it's and also like as another part of this series it's it already introduced you to both of the big bads that you have been pointed out, and one of them's already been kind of crossed out as being actually not that bad of a guy, maybe he just maybe needs a bit of help and it 's like wow you 've already burned through this initial premise, and I still just hate the main character so much because again he's he 's a bad mover of the plot, like he sucks like. I, I want his girlfriend to be the main character, Hannah. I want, you know, the time leap assistant detective dude to be the main character, like, because they'd be interesting. And it just doesn't hold my interest as a result. I mean, like something like Summertime Rendering is way more engaging, if a bit more lewd, um, with, you know, the whole like time leap, although that has a different structure to it. That's more Groundhog Day rather than like sol- solitary jump back point. But it drives me nuts because I, it really just can't make me care about the primary storyline because the main character just keeps fucking up constantly and doesn't seem to actually want... I mean, he, he reverts back to his shitty neat self constantly and it just feels lame like and lazy because it's just like, oh, you're, you're only introducing tension or you're only able to introduce tension by reverting this main character to being possibly the biggest waste of space, which is the idea, but it doesn't help so it it just kind of annoys me as a result
1: (laughs) yeah and i i I, it kind of feels like at least some of it is down to kind of either lazy or just kind of like a a lack of confidence in the writing because it it feels like a lot of the characters just constantly forgetting things he's just learned is just sort of a a a shorthand for like oh well I, i i guess i need to remind the the readers about this and you know, I I can't really tell where like the character being stupid stops and the kind of like needs to to handhold the audience starts because like they they both sort of feel like they're they're somewhat cut from the same cloth and I'm I'm not quite sure like where the balance is there. Um But yeah, like it, it is it, it is weird because yeah, he does feel like it, it's almost it would almost make more sense if like the running joke of this series was like well this guy should never be the protagonist of anything uh, because like yeah like literally every other character has their their head on straight to to uh, at least some degree more than him like e- even his other like dumbass middle school delinquent friends like have more moments of kind of clarity and of just, like oh this is not great we should probably try and do something to fix this than than he does and and it, it is it is weird and i mean i can only sorry
0: his his friends inhabit their own space like they inhabit they inhabit their reality whereas the main character hanagaki like he has already lived through this once and so should have foresight or at least memory but even then he doesn't feel like he's fully interacting with anything whatsoever even though he has an overriding purpose to all of this he's not just like you know he's not just gone back in time for shits and giggles he is he is here with an explicit purpose and yet doesn't really seem to be present for anything that happens
1: yeah well especially given that that purpose like again had the the whole plotline been like oh you know i've been forced into like saving some somebody that someone else cares about you could kind of understand him being checked out but like this is like saving the life of the girl that he goes on about incessantly from like basically like page one of the the volume and so yeah like it's strange like how passive he is about a lot of that you know given that 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 is that is how the stakes are set up and like yeah you know i I kind of of think about other sort of similar fiction I mean you know I I know we have like divergent opinions on this one but like you know ReZero kind of starts from a place where like Subaru, the main character is a jerk and an idiot but it works with that to its advantage of actually like letting him him kind of grow and actually kind of become like a better character as it goes on and like I I certainly I hope that in future volumes that is what this series is aiming to do as well Um, but it doesn't give you a lot to hang your hat on in this first volume bar like that one moment which just feels like kind of an an outburst of of additional stupidity rather than kind of a sudden master plan of like aha i know how i can fix this um and so like it doesn't it it, it needs to give you more hints to like clue you in on things to come if it's gonna if it's gonna go down the route of like ah takamichi like sorts himself out and becomes like a a smarter human being
0: yeah and as i say like it is the problem where everyone else around him is so much more capable even as mentioned the mob characters are more capable and more clued into their what is going on around them um which just makes it very frustrating i mean maybe i don't know maybe at some point in the 20 odd volumes this is he gets his shit together um that'd be nice um or maybe things go on a really wild sort of journey because the one thing about this series is it has 12 years of road i mean the investigator secondary character even says to him like oh if we wanted to abuse this power in the most direct fashion, we could wait wait 12 years, time leap you back and then move my sister, move um, this, girl, this girl out of harm's way, but that doesn't that doesn't solve the core problem here and it also doesn't make full use of this power. So we should do it this way. And it's like, oh, okay, this guy's thought about it and you know, it turns out that they've spent a long time obsessing over it, but yeah, it just makes it very exhausting where you know, it comes up with this interesting concept and framework around it and then ties it to this absolute loser. And which also, like, at the core of it, the storyline is interesting. It's like, oh, would you, you, know, it's almost fucking Makoto Shinkai-ish of, oh, would you go back in time to save the girl you liked, even though you were both in middle school and so, you know, emotionally incomplete and so dopey. Um, but yeah, and then it's like, oh, but what if we made it completely charmless? <laughs> so, ah,
1: oh. <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's, it, it is it is a strange one and yeah like it, it has it has so many possibilities to work with which is is why i'm, I'm still kind of continue to be curious about it because like you say it's got 12 years of road like clearly you know the single point of of failure if you like that it sets up in this first volume is clearly not going to be the end of the story because you're not going to have 21 volumes of him just trying to stop two people meeting um so it's like you know awesome, I, I could I, into I, a gag
0: I... comedy of him just keeping him apart <laughs>
1: I mean, it, yeah, that would, that would be, be a thing. Um, but like, you know, so I, I'm definitely interested in kind of what the, the broader story is going to do, but I'm very much with you that kind of, uh, Hanagaki is not really, is, is not really kind of giving me a, a massive kind of desire to, to see what happens. Cause it means I'm going to have to like occupy the same space as his stupid head for another like 20 volumes. Um, and I'm also like, I'm not, quite sure if i'm sold on the art style as well like i feel like it's i feel like it's doing what it needs to do and i kind of i can sort of appreciate it in terms of character designs but i don't know there's something missing from it for me that just doesn't quite like grab me in a visual sense either
0: yeah i think i'm with you i mean it it's it's accomplished at drawing ugly ass delinquent dudes but after a while like initially i was like oh they appear to be putting some effort into this and then after a while it's like oh no it's just a sea of idiots who can't do their shirts up properly great um and there's a few standouts who are clearly like given more love and attention in their design but at the same time it gets very quickly into the stage of who's this character again what's their name oh god um i mean hannah looks quite nice um as well drawn as the solitary female in the entire series um but yeah, the, the the art for me, and this is going to sound extremely rude, especially coming from someone who can't draw for toffee. But it has a very rough sketch feel to me, where it hasn't it hasn't quite firmed up. Does that make sense? Um, like it doesn't feel like it's quite it doesn't quite it doesn't feel like it's quite finalised itself just yet um, in terms of just the character designs and the world they inhabit.
1: Um, yeah yeah i I think that's absolutely fair and i I feel like that's kind of the case with this story across the board it's very much a kind of case of like decent ideas, but it's just like struggling to find like the execution and and what to do with those ideas, which again is 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 another thing that another reason that I'm kind of like you know a little bit on the fence about it because I feel like it could get itself together and create something really kind of quite fascinating but it just it doesn't hasn't really shown any evidence of that at this starting point
0: yeah, I suppose the hope for the anime is that because it has 20 plus volumes of road and likely direct access to the author is that maybe there's a way they could rejig it around to make it a more compelling start or maybe like slightly goose up the main character to make him more engaging, um, especially if you're having to like live in his head uh, alongside an actual voice actor who has to voice his dumb thoughts. So maybe the hope is that in the anime they have some time to kind of you know cut the fat adjust the mouse adjust everything and sort of push it all together into slightly more contained hole maybe maybe I'm giving, yeah. but then again you know i'm i'm maybe i'm giving a bit crunch credit but there is i mean again there is something there like the storyline ha- i mean as you say like i'm a fan of these time leap storylines like i'm a big sucker for them um if only because they're fun to kind of mull over and like just kind of like enjoy like you know plot holes and all and so it's that sort of thing i enjoy watching the possibility space be pushed but yeah it it just need just need need to get rid of this main character or at least improve him somehow and you know as you say like at the end of this first volume it's already laid out the very clear line of what needs to happen and you know the stakes and so if it can morph something interesting out of it that would be cool so who knows
1: yeah, yeah, it's definitely one I'll be keeping a close eye on that, that anime adaptation to, to see what it does. Cause this almost feels like a volume that if they really wanted to go full tilt at it, that they could just like compress this into an episode and be like, Hey, there you go. Like that's, that's everything you need to know. Now, now can we get on to, you know, doing some more interesting stuff with character growth, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to, to watch. And, uh, yeah, like if anybody has read a significant portion of this i would be very interested to hear like how it progresses in terms of, of character development in particular
0: yeah totally i mean the most important thing is we just need like you know hannah to slap more people because clearly she is able to she's able to advance the plot line by literal light years by slapping the right person at the right time
1: yeah so. yeah i mean slap 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 the character so hard he completely changes personality it seems <laughs> so you know it's uh
0: yeah i think yeah i think it might be more a case of didn't quite know how to write the character and so oops
1: (laughs) yeah i I know i mean i mean who knows maybe maybe that is what happens in in volume two is that he just gets in out to to slap both of the characters that are going to create this gang and then the problem's resolved and then they just go on dates for like 20 volumes from that point on
0: but what happens if she slaps herself like you know (laughs) what happens then oh god
1: i mean i mean maybe if she just slaps hanagaki then then the problem is solved so maybe that's what happens oh we
0: found the problem she needed to dump him like if she dumps (laughs) him and slaps him then he's fixed like that's the that's the thing because you know in the main storyline he runs away just like ditches her which also a shitty move like what the fuck dude um yeah also the one thing this is another thing which i want to i'm just wondering about is what's hanagaki's home life like because we have seen none of that Like, we don't know, we know what he's like in real time, like 2017, where he lives in a shitty apartment, but what's his home life like? Because he's in middle school, like, he's got to be living at some kind of home, like, but is it just not going to um look at that at all like uh, i don't know like that that's something that hasn't been addressed yet maybe there's something there who knows
1: yeah i i mean i'd be shocked if we did if we've got like a time travel story that doesn't involve a scene of like time travel person has to go back and live with their parents and they're like you're acting differently and you know that that whole thing because that i mean i'm pretty sure like you're legally obliged to have at least one scene like that in any kind of time travel or body swap series no no matter what
0: yeah. And at least one episode of someone going, Oh man, this technology is weird. Who'd have thought cassette tapes? What the fuck? <laughs> well, this isn't even that far back. It's the early 2000s. So, um, CDs? What the fuck? So yeah, God, someone, someone pointed out the other day that, um, when people today in 2021 reference things from the 90s, that's the same as someone in the 90s referring to something in the 60s. Um, which made me feel extremely old and worried. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, w- w-
1: weirdly, to continue that aside, like uh, f- for some reason, I-, I decided that I wanted to watch Die Hard two the other day, which makes a lot of references to like, ah, oh, we're in the nineties now, look at technology, and it's like, oh god, oh god, I feel so old.
0: Yeah, someone mentions like Clinton, you're like, which one? Oh god. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrifying. Like realizing that like Sonic the Hedgehog or talking about a good Sonic the Hedgehog game is now you know 20 plus years ago so oh god i'm gonna get some people yelling at me for that opinion but hey um oh god that's terrifying um we we're old um but hey we we we, i think we punch above our weight so fuck it but yeah that's tokyo revenge doesn't necessarily anything else to mention andy
1: no no that is it
0: yeah i feel like i'm i am nowhere near interested in picking up volume two plus but if it was on a subscription service i might (laughs) because then it would be part of the subscription so not as big as a problem So, um, actually, let's check to see if it's on Mangamo, because I know that some Kodansha stuff is on there. Uh, uh... Also, Revengers, very silly title. I keep thinking it's like, you know, Revengeance, like that good Metal Gear game.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know why I I have a, a weird kind of soft spot for like any title that just puts ers on the end of an, end of a word where it doesn't belong. It's like um, I like the the animated film After School Midnighters, and it's like sure, just just put ers on the end of it so that it sounds slightly more interesting somehow.
0: Yeah, cake eat ers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just no. Uh, I can't see it on um on any subscription services um but yeah the ooh. whereas yeah but anyway we'll see what the we'll see the adaptations like uh maybe it will adjust it a bit um duh, 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 duh yeah also one small note um for purchasing it um for some reason on kobo um it has the swastika the manji symbol between tokyo and revengers which makes it a little difficult to to search for but it only does that for the first 12 volumes after volume 13 it's it knocks that off so huh. something to be aware of if you're trying to search to buy this is that it depends on the storefront some of them have the swastika in there some of them don't i don't know there's no real rum or reason to it um yeah I, I got very confused trying to do if you're trying to buy it <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, there definitely didn't seem to be any sign of it on comicsology, so that that was relatively easy to search for at least.
0: Yeah, I think I bought it on Kindle in the end. Um but yeah. Um is there anything else? No,
1: that is that is it from me
0: cool so moving on to close oh what we're talking about next time whoops nearly skipped that so i'm going to change what is actually written in our google document i'm gonna say we should pick um how heavy are the dumbbells you lift because we talked about it earlier in the episode <laughs> <laughs> so i've i've decided that we should just pull the trigger on that and andy how about you
1: yeah so i've picked uh a, a series that's uh, that's not actually out at the time of, of recording this it's the first volume is out tomorrow and it is uh, a school frozen in time which is uh, the artist behind um your line april and the author of bungo stray dogs which is a, an interesting matchup that i'm kind of intrigued to see how that's going to turn out
0: yeah that's a power couple if there ever was one like that sounds that sounds that just mentioning that has made has made me interested so let's, let's yeah, see what that's yeah. like
1: it, it was one of those just like read the synopsis like yeah that could be cool and and then i was like hey wait these two names look familiar and then it's like oh okay well yeah like you said, very much a power couple so intrigued to see it
0: gotta I mean, admit i just felt a shiver go down my back because i realized that at some point our patrons are going to try and make us read bungo stray dogs aren't they um hmm. <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> i think i just wished it into being anyway moving into close down before i say anything else portentous um thank you very much for listening um greatly appreciate um your well listenership especially if you're a patron if you're a patron you're ab- extra double lovely uh you can support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash screentone club our website is at screentone.club um which you can also find as mentioned our list of previously covered series which gets longer with each episode unsurprisingly uh, you can, uh, follow us on Twitter at Screentone Club or one word. You can also email us at show at screentone.club if you so wish. Uh, my name is Elliot Page. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Page. I mostly post pictures of my cat again still constantly uh, because she is continuing to be adorable um even though because it's spring she is now shedding everywhere and oh my i bought a new pair of jeans and literally as soon as they came out of the package they were covered in fur so <laughs> hooray cats anyway andy how about you uh,
1: yeah you can find me on twitter at hannah's 1979
0: cool so once again thank you very much for listening and well happy easter obviously but from all of us um, thank you and good night bye everyone Bye.